Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jeremiah Roberts, one of the co-hosts of Cultish. I want to introduce you to this series, which is going to be devoted to a dialogue that we had with Elijah Stevens, who attends Bethel Church in Redding, California. And as you'll hear shortly in the podcast, Elijah had the blessings of his leadership to be on the program, but he is not coming on as their official spokesperson. And in the same token, us having Elijah on does not mean that we are endorsing Bethel or his positions as well, too. But as we stated in our initial series, that we wanted to be able to continue the conversation. And part of continuing that conversation was to have someone uh, from Bethel to be on the program. But one last thing I want to state before we get started here is that we need to set one thing straight. The Bethel movement has not been without its share of controversy, especially in light of our initial series that we did. So it is incredibly important to have discernment while listening to this discussion. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 that we are to test all things and hold fast to that which is good. But I do believe that there is a lot that I've learned from this discussion. And let's continue the conversation. Go to our social media. Give us your comments. Let us know what you thought about this series. Also, once all the episodes have been released, we will be releasing some additional thoughts that we had in hindsight at our blog at thecultishshow.com. But for now, I want to go ahead and introduce you to the first part of this conversation. And just so you know, this actually took place in Elijah's hotel. Just because of our recording schedule, we just set down a phone last minute and recorded. So if the audio is a little bit muffled, just be aware it took place recording from my iPhone in his hotel room. So all that being said, go ahead and enjoy these first two episodes, and I will be back later for some additional comments. Talk to you guys soon. My name is Eddie, and I was in a call. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. It started as an effort by a charismatic preacher to build a new society, but it ended, of course, with the tragic deaths of more than 900 people. Please, for God's sakes, let's get on with it. We've lived, we've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. This is a revolutionary suicide. This is not a self-destructive suicide. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us. You're in a cult. I love you, and I want you out of it and with Christ. But you're, you're, you're... All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this uh, cultish exclusive. I believe we're going to call we're going to call this across the table with Elijah Stevens. If you guys know, the show's cultish, where we enter into the kingdom of the cults. Um, I am here with Elijah Stevens, and how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Doing good, Jerry. Good. Good. So just to give context, and just so you know, too, if this is a little echoey, we are actually not in studio, at least for the first episode here. Um, we are in your hotel. And so the question is, how did we get here? Well, <laughs> so if you guys know, a couple of months ago, um, we recorded an initial series with Lindsay Davis, Defecting from Bethel. And I gave an offer at the end of part three if there was someone to from Bethel who wanted to come on and be able to have a conversation. And sure enough, 
it, it took a while to kind of figure all of that out. And so the person who I'm in his hotel, I'm just uh, sitting across the table from him. Elijah, you are from Bethel. You're from Redding, California. And so a couple of things I wanted to state real quickly, just even want to call it disclaimers, whatnot. So you are coming here as an attendee from Bethel. Mm-hmm. You have the blessings uh, and of your pastors or elders, mm-hmm. but you're not officially speaking as an official spokesperson. That's the correct word. Right. Um, I, I teach apologetics at Bethel. Um, I'm not an official staff member. Um, and uh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. And so when you just tell them real quickly about your credentials, like how did you um, just tell me a little bit about your background, kind of what you're involved in. Um, you so you go to you went to you're going to currently to Biola. Yeah, I'm I'm seeking two masters, one in science and religion, and the other in, in apologetics. Okay. Uh, I was a vineyard pastor for about seven years. I I felt called to go to Bethel. Um, I went through their ministry school. Um, I lead missions trips for them, and I'm currently finishing up making a documentary on miracles with medical evidence called Send Proof, S-E-N-D-P-R-O-F-F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, I actually had an opportunity to watch the documentary, and I think you did a really good job at least being thought-provoking. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on right now. In fact, just yesterday, there was a post that went viral from, from Benny Hinn mm-hmm. uh, saying that he is— it, there's a problem with the prosperity gospel. It's not for mm-hmm. sale. And you, how did you, just out of curiosity, we're kind of jumping over the place. When you saw him say that, how did you feel about that? Oh, I was excited. Um, that That's something I've prayed for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I think the prosperity, well, l- let's put it this way. The give to get message, you know, mm-hmm. you send, send me in a thousand bucks and God will give you a hundred thousand or whatever is false. Right. Like, it, it's, it's not a correct interpretation of scripture. And um, I think it's harmful to the poor. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to see that occur, I mean, it, that's super exciting for me. Mm, definitely. Um, so one of the things, it's also, I think what's also really good about this conversation and seeing where it leads is that there is, as we know, if any of you, I, I kind of realized when I tapped into this, I, I came into the episode with Lindsay really not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. And there was just... A lot of the, the critiques at least seemed to be somewhat vague and, and nuanced and and just there wasn't a lot of anything really definitive to mm-hmm. really have any content that was relevant to our area of focus. And so when we did the episode, it was the, only, the reason being is that, we, okay, we have someone on the inside. At least we have something that on some level is going to be viable. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to make sure that at least – Everyone probably, if you're listening to this, you've, you've, you've heard the episode in the series. Like our biggest thing was one, we wanted to have integrity in the sense that we wanted to vet her story. So our research team, we spent roughly 80 to 100 hours just kind of vetting the time, what her situation was prior to coming to Bethel, that she was honestly going to Bethel seeking truth, and that it was her experience she saw things differently once she saw the film American Gospel. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we just, and obviously we told her that whatever you say, it's going to be cross-examined. And that's something sure. where, where I think I think is perfectly fair. Um, what I'm curious about is when you, 
Well, let me, let me just, before I jump into this, so what I'm, I'm really hoping about this podcast is to see that we, two, you can see, hopefully at least see that two individuals will be able to, um, should have put in the do not disturb sign. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think what's, I think what's good about this podcast is to show that two people can sit, ac- can sit across from each other yeah. and uh, while understanding these are very, very serious and important issues, it's important, you saw it's important enough to fly out here on your own dime yeah. and we're in your hotel and you're taking time out of this and we really appreciate that. Is a show that as serious as these issues are, we can, both of us can be, can have a passionate conversation, be uncompromising in our convictions and still go to the word of God and say we have to test all things, but at the same time we can, we can go across the table and mm-hmm. we can be gentlemen and, right. and have a conversation because right. a lot of time that really can be lacking. And I've seen it across a broad spectrum now in the Facebook world, it's very easy to have your own ecumenical council, keyboard councils yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. I think these type of conversations is something that I want to do. Um, this is something that Uncle Wally or Walter Martin would constantly do. Yeah. He would reach out and he would, he would make himself available when he would call out false teaching and he'd want to have, there's a guy, I think it was Witness Lee, I mentioned to you, and mm-hmm. he offered to meet out with him. He would, he wanted to, uh, he made himself able to, to meet with him. Uh, I told you yesterday when Walter Martin, there's an old clip when he was on TVN where he was talking about Kenneth Copeland and mm-hmm. the issues that he was seeing during his time. This is way back when. Mm-hmm. So, because if you, if you look at it, they've got, I mean, their, their hairstyles and suits are, they're a little extra mm-hmm. <laughs> versus... Versus what you were today, you know, but I really admired about him is that he was uncompromising with calling out what Kenneth Copeland was teaching at the time, his little God's mm-hmm. doctrine, saying this is wrong, right. this is heretical, this is evil, but I, I'm still, I still am going to make myself available to reach out mm-hmm. to him. And even really, he was willing to still call him a brother and say that he was born again and at least offer to reach out to him and allow him to give him a reason, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So anyways, that's what... I'm, I'm really hoping this is it. And you, you would reiterate the same thing too, right? Right. Um, first of all, like, one of the things, you know, if, if you're listening from a, a Bethel audience, um, you know, we're going to critique ideas. And that's sometimes not done in our environment, but it's healthy. And, like, this is our brother in Christ. And he loves Jesus uh, with his whole heart I've, I've, I've talked to this man a lot and so like it's healthy when people see something in your life and they come and talk to you to like look at the bible look at what they're saying look at yourself and go is this true is this false and you know if you need to make adjustments that's okay and if if not follow jesus um and my heart in this is to show we can have this discussion and keep our love on and honor each other. And uh, part of my heart is I want to talk about ideas that were brought up, but I, I don't necessarily want to address Lindsay because she was a student here and I tried to get the full story and wasn't able to. And uh, and yeah. she seems like a nice girl. Right. And uh, everyone spoke highly of her. Um, and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's good to do too, because when it comes to my area of, of focus, is that it's I always try and 
really kind of stick to the area of like what is what is the theology right, behind it? Right, because everything everything ultimately stems from the theology the theology of course. But I'm just curious because with you had initially reached out to us a while back, and it was mm-hmm. right when everything was like blowing up. When when you heard the initial episodes, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like how did like origin story, like how did the, the buzz come about? How did you come to find about out about like the oh, podcast? Gosh. Um, well, let me go. You know what happened was. And I'm trying to put things together. I think I'm sitting in my class, like I drive down to LA to Biola, uh, and someone shoots me a text uh, called, uh, there's a roommate of mine in college, and is like, have you seen American Gospel? Mm. And so I watch it and uh, that night, and then the next day I realize one of my, the guy teaching me mm-hmm. is in American Gospel. And so, um, and you, that, when you say teaching, you're talking about is this Biola? Yeah, he, okay. he was a guest lecturer. Sometimes they'll bring in people from other schools. Do you remember, do you remember his name? I want to say Rob Bowman or something like that. Okay. Uh, he, he studies uh, reliability of the Gospels. Um, and so that got my attention. Um, and then when the podcast dropped, um, I'm like, you know, you if you want to be a critical thinker, you need to listen to the other side. And mm-hmm. Hear both sides of the argument and go, all right, well, here's this evidence. How do I process this? What's the other side? And right. and, and I think that's healthiness. Okay. So honestly, so you saw you saw the film American Gospel. Yeah. And just right then the podcast just happened to drop. Uh, shortly thereafter, okay. yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, because I think American Gospel, I mean, it had people that I didn't know. Yeah. And people I did, people like Matt Chandler, yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Washer, and I had a couple other people that are prominently known. Uh, and total side note, as a whole, like, and you're a filmmaker too. Yeah. You just did a documentary. Yeah. How did, as a whole, like, what did you think about the movie American Gospel? What, was there, there's the things that you appreciate or things that you think could have been better or just as someone who attends Bethel? Hmm. Well, here's the deal. Like, I, I, think the same thing about the gospel like I, I I think the gospel is Jesus came and died for our sins and we put our trust in him and die to our sins mm-hmm. and I, I feel that's fairly consistently taught through throughout Bethel um, I remember as a third year uh, which would be 2013 teaching the gospel to students mm-hmm. and so for me, I'm like, this feels so foreign to my experience. And uh, a lot of the critiques of Bethel feel very like, what church is this? I'm surprised to hear about this book. Um, Because what happens inside the organization and what appears in YouTube clips sometimes are miles apart. Like you got to think about Bethel this way. Mm-hmm. There are eleven thousand people that go to this church, and so imagine a college where eleven thousand people go to it. You've got classrooms where stuff happens you've never seen. There's staff members you've never met. Right. Um, there's well, sermons. The, yeah, that can be the case with any mega church. Yeah, right, right, right. And so there, yeah. A, a lot of stuff people critique Bethel on. I'm super surprised, to mm-hmm. be honest. And and I think a lot of people 
who go to the church and get this type of feedback, they just go, I've never even heard this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. And then that, I mean, I appreciate you making that point. We we definitely can kind of unravel and unpack that. So maybe people could get a better understanding. What, so going back to like the podcast, what were things, because we did we did three parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we did our best to kind of construct a story. I mean, just we just threw it together and where we thought would engage conversations, and mm-hmm. apparently, if I showed like our download and like our download rating increases just from the episodes prior, is mm-hmm. we definitely hit into a level of thought. Um, mm-hmm. What were things that? Um, caught your what were things that stuck out to you in the initial just in the in the initial podcast yeah um one is what we preach a uh encounters gospel um or signs and wonders gospel well 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 um like chris over well let me back up because this will help uh explain sure um so we have a five-fold ministry at okay. Bethel, which means, uh, I want to say Ephesians 4, is there's five types of equippers. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastor kind of shepherds the sheep. The teacher you know, helps people understand doctrine and scripture. The prophetic person helps people learn to hear God's voice. The evangelist, how to learn to share the gospel. And the apostle is more of an equipper, like, uh, what is the heart of God and how do we equip people to follow that and to see heaven invade earth? Okay. And so Chris Overstreet uh, is our five-fold equipper, and he teaches evangelism, and he's wrote a book on evangelism, and he teaches the gospel he uses the abc method which is like uh accept that you're a sinner uh believe in jesus confess your sins and so that's what i was taught when i went through school and mm-hmm. so like as you do this pray for the sick right. as you do this prophesy uh but we've never taught this at the exclusion of like the message of salvation. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the surprises. Um, another, and we'll get into this later, is Christology. Yeah. Um, like fully God, fully man. That's what our statement of belief says. That's, I, I, I'm, yeah. And so there's other things, but I'm not finding my notes right now, so they're not coming back. To <laughs> That's me. what happens. I mean, we're we're in we're in, a lap, we're in a hotel room where there are laptops here, and we're trying to scroll back and forth. But sometimes stuff, it's tech issues. This is 2019, and we're we're uh, in yeah, the- yeah yeah yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, one is Bill and Chris and Dan aren't accessible. Um, every uh year there's open mic time. Uh, where you can go around and like seven to eight times a year, I would guess, students can ask any question, like um, that they're not critiquable. Well, let me go back. Also, Dan is our teacher, and so he answers all our doctrine questions. And in first year, he stands around for 30 minutes to an hour after every doctrine class. And you can go up to him and ask anything you want. Uh, 
he teaches uh, through the most common heresies about the Trinity, Christology. Uh, he, I asked him, I'm like, do you teach against kenosis? He's like, yes. Um, and so that was a surprise. And, and I remember that from school um, that you can't critique Bill and Chris. Like your book report, they make you read books by Bill and Chris and, mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature. And uh, part of the book report is uh, list two things you disagree with. Mm. And so like, if you disagree with Bill that, uh, you know, God wants to heal all the sick people, write that down. You're not going to catch flack. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I know this because that was something I struggled with at the time and put down. And like Chris tells people, flick your brain on, keep your brain on uh, throughout school. And so I, I don't feel like we're trying to teach people to separate themselves from reason. I teach an apologetics class and the first class is epistemology. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was something, there's something else. Uh, um, I don't think we practice love bombing. I, I think we practice prophecy. I, I, I think even for reformed people, if you read Sam Storms, Wayne Grudem, very in line with that is yeah. to listen to what God's doing uh, it, it's encouragement. Um, and, uh, I don't think shaking in the spirits Kundalini. Okay. And, yeah. We, we can definitely unpack those. Yeah. So what, what I was just, I felt like when, when the whole thing blew up, like on my yeah. end, it was yeah. for me, it was, it was like, I'm drinking from the fire hose. Right, 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 right. It's like, I, and I, we've talked about this before that it, whatever you're involved in, if you are in if you have like a an e, if you have an eBay shop and you're trying mm -hmm. to sell certain items and and everything is just sort of you you got a small seller and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you make an item and there's a thousand percent increase in mm -hmm. and, and people buying this you're like whoa what what is what is the magnet here like what right, is here right right so, right and that's where it's good in this conversation is that I definitely was like okay well I I definitely struck a huge nerve right. of thought in the because a lot of times. I just did an episode on uh, with, with two uh, great gentlemen on on the UPCI, the United Pentecostal Church International, right. and a lot of and I just threw the, it out there, just like a lot of other episodes, and it just went all over okay, the place. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of people that were really blessed by, it, and I had no idea it was one of the things that just hit the marketplace of ideas. Mm. And so. I think was really good. And so when I first, when we first launched Cultish, I was thinking about how, because I mean, we're all make no fans about us about it. Like we're, we're reformed. We're Calvinists. Right, right, right. And, and I grew up reformed. Yeah. Uh, went to Covenant College. It's a reformed college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was asking myself, how, how can I serve? I want to try and be as broad as possible. Like Walter mm -hmm. Martin, he had a, um, his view was to really focus on all all the basic essentials and, and focus on what we have in common versus what we don't have apart from each other and how can I serve the body of Christ as a whole. And so I thought about how does this work with the charismatics because for me personally, I, I would say I'm a, I'm a continuationist, but a very skeptical. Sure. Like I got my skeptical got, skepticals on, but anything when it comes to like, I need to, like I quoted in the last, one of our last episodes, a clip from Walter Barton. He says, I want to examine the evidence down to the blood corpuscles. 
you had a documentary about right. that. And so you want to make sure, I mean, you would attest there's, there's authentic miracles, there, there's yeah. counterfeits, and, and I believe there is the possibility, distinct possibility, given what happened in, in, the, in the account of Exodus, Pharaoh's magicians, they emulated that. Right. I, I believe there's the, that Satan has the ability to emulate false signs and wonders. I think you could make that case, and we could, we could definitely unravel that. But I always thought, okay, how can I serve the, what, what's the like, biggest concern of what, like the charismatic community. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, without any particular denomination in mind, that of any group that would be susceptible to an up and rising cultish movement, like a lot of times movements come out of, you know, political uncertainty uh, in the same way, same way like Jim Jones and the People's Temple, a lot of that evolved out of the, the, the things going on with the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and the Vietnam War, a lot of the uncertainty about it and all the racial tensions. And mm-hmm. that's where... Jim Jones used a lot of that sort of racial harmony, but along with his his a lot of his new thought ideas, which ultimately led to everyone knows the whole like drink the Kool Aid thing. Right, right, right. And, and he did, and was, he's on record doing like signs and wonders to do that. And so mm-hmm. I have always thought that if anyone's going to be susceptible, like in any avenue of the body of Christ, it would be people in the charismatic movement because. Oh, yeah. They have a passion. They have a passion for experiencing God. Mm-hmm. They want to experience the supernatural. But and a lot of it comes to overemphasizing that to where it becomes the private experience becomes overly authoritative over the Word of God, and that's where this mm-hmm. I think the susceptibility would come in because that's literally private revelation is mm-hmm. where every single cult comes from or or originates mm-hmm. or or they use that private experience as a means I don't know, mm-hmm. use like of authority right so that's something i always thought about at the beginning of that i don't know what, what do you think about that um yeah let, let me go into some history because i i think this is will be very helpful for framing our conversation mm-hmm. uh you go back to the great awakenings and uh jp moreland talks about this i, I want to say smart faith if, if you get a jp moreland book he's a uh, He's a vineyard guy. He's one of the top philosophers in the world. Um, he's a continuationist, but he's trying to think through, well, why did the church lose its mind in, in critical thinking and discernment? So during the Great Awakenings, uh, George, uh, I'm going to say Whitefield, uh, started preaching, you know, the gospel to get people saved. But he left out, like, here's the deep critical thinking part that spread through the Great Awakenings. Afterwards, people fell in love with the supernatural because God's showing up during the Great Awakenings and they end up in theosophy and, and spiritualism and uh, like stuff like Mormonism and, and, and the Jehovah's Witnesses because they didn't develop the discernment side. Um, over time, the Bible gets challenged by German higher criticism and Enlightenment ideas like Kant and Hume. And uh, so the church kind of goes fundamentalist. Uh, same time, you, you see kind of the Azusa revival happen in Pentecostalism. And so people are shifting two, uh, from... Did you listen to the UPCI episodes? I, I didn't get a okay. chance. Okay, because they, they talked briefly about the Azusa Street revival yeah. in, that, in that too. Okay. So, so what happens is um, the church shifts from... God is both our theology is objective knowledge about God mm-hmm. and we can have experience during the great awakenings 
to many people just going experience. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of threw out their intellect and, and it is dangerous. Like, um, that is why we're trying to make some very strategic shifts because at Bethel we go, look, let's go back and look at the history of revival. Why did they fail? Um, one is they threw their minds out. And so I teach a class called thinking deeper about the supernatural. And I go through all the ways people call on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you call yourself a skeptic. I would call that critical thinking or discernment. Yeah. Like discernment is splitting truth from error, uh, you know, good from evil, spirit, demon, human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning discernment is essential to understanding uh, the supernatural. Yeah. And, this, uh, so yeah. this class, is this is this something you teach as a teacher at BSSM? Yes. What would be, okay, what would be an example of, in the curriculum, like what are examples you give of someone who calms someone? Uh, Peter Popoff. Hmm. Um, like I, I, I show James Randy catching him. Um, uh, what else would I say? Um, there's people, they've planted gems, like fake gemstones. Um, and I'll show articles from LA times or whatever. Um, because we don't want people to be naive. Um, you don't want people to fall for tricks. But at the same time, you want them to passionately pray for the sick, passionately follow Jesus for mm-hmm. sure. And so you can become a, a, this is the false belief in many in the charismatic movement is if I follow the Holy Spirit, I've got to give up my mind. And Paul didn't, mm-hmm. Moses didn't, they were the most educated people in their time. Jonathan Edwards saw signs and wonders, third president of Princeton. So like, um, you can be a revivalist and critically think about revival. Um, I don't think that's universally spread through our movement yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that is the heart of people like Randy Clark and Heidi Baker and Bill. Um, but we're, we're growing at it and like, it's, it's a multi hundred year issue that we have to change. Mm -hmm. So is there is there a form when you talk about revival? Would you say is there like a formulaic method for how the revival is constructed? Because I mean, I and I can't remember the exact clips. And again, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm new to understanding this, so I'm I want it on to avoid misspeaking or and not misrepresenting. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to try and phrase it to the best of my ability, to where I remember hearing clips of Bill where he's saying something to the extent of that they want to figure out a, a formulaic way of revival because it was it was at the church that he was previously at where that was like a struggle uh yeah 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 okay. uh the formula is pray for the sick share jesus listen to the holy spirit and worship okay like repent of your sins um and like live from your identity in christ that is super huge at bethel in honor is that we look at the good in every person and personality and we value that and we treat them with not only respect, but like I see something in you that I need from you. Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I came. Uh, Jordan Peterson talks about like, you need to talk to people that scare you. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, and what happens is we get scared of each other. And so we start these Facebook wars rather than get in a hotel room and just go like, right. you're a real dude and I like you. And, yeah. and there's so much good stuff you have to speak into our movement. And this is the thing, Bethel, like we have to honor the reformed faith. These are our brothers and sisters and they've led revivals. They led the Cumberland Plateau and the, the Great Awakenings and they have keys that we need. They're super strong at scripture. Uh, they're super strong at articulating orthodoxy well. They saved the mind for the church um, during the time of, in, of anti-intellectualism and liberalism. And uh, like, so for us, it's, it's like Bethel wants to steal from everybody and I want to steal a lot of the intellectual side mm -hmm. of, of the reform faith. You say it's a steal from everybody? Yeah, like find the best. Does that make sense? It's like denomination, just like denomination. Right, 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 right. Um, well, no, it's not like we're stealing cars. Uh, <laughs> we're, yeah. uh, is, is to find out what is biblical and like what that denomination, like let's say the Methodists or um, it, the Anglicans, uh, did to follow God to see him move in their generation. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we read books like God's Generals. Uh, we want to learn revival history so that if, if there's something that another group did that we've forgotten, okay, uh, we want to learn from it. And so yeah. like the, that, the intellectual side is something charismatics can learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I think I've heard... I was I can't remember what I was skimming through, but I heard about that in passing. Mm -hmm. Is that something that that Bill wrote, God's Generals, or can you can you tell no, me? No, uh, it's just it's a book about the history of revivalist. Uh, all of our first years have to read it, mm -hmm. and we call them first years. It would be freshmen if, if you're thinking college. Um, is that um, it's just where they succeeded and where they failed, and mm -hmm. so like we read about people who did crazy stuff and fell, yeah. made bad decisions. Um, some got into the occult, some got, you know, stopped using medicine. Mm -hmm. And the point is, is to go, well, that was dumb. Right. And to also see the good side of, oh, they came together and worshiped and they brought different communities together. Like what revival looks like is not, Bethel, it's when the whole church comes together and says, God, do whatever you want among us. Mm -hmm. Like it's us praying together, repenting, sharing Jesus, praying for the sick, learning from each other, and yet keeping our certain theological distinctions. Like right. we are unified based on, you know, the Trinity, the essential Christian doctrine, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus dying for our sins. There's a heaven, there's a hell, there's miracles. No one gets to touch that, right. but we can on secondary and third level issues. We can yeah. agree to disagree, mm -hmm. but still, I need to learn from you. Yeah. What would be like in the last? You mentioned like in God's generals, like in the, in the last hundred years. Um, 
are there any what particular people would you say that or kind of look to like the most you said there's certain people that fell to the wayside sure or made mistakes but people that you think did it had shortcomings but there are people that you would emphasize over others um are there can you give me some examples i, I think a very healthy pitcher and this is my bias because i come from the vineyard is john wimber okay um I, I, he he was theologian. He was brilliant. Uh, he prayed for the sick, saw healings. Um, yeah. So, mm -hmm. John Bill Johnson was highly shaped by John Wimber. John Wimber. Yeah. Okay. What about? Because I've only heard these names in passing. Mm -hmm. you, you probably know more about it than I yeah, do. Maybe. <laughs> because it's been <laughs> well, four or five years. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so just two people come to mind is uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Mm -hmm. I've heard him mentioned, I think, in the four to when I was researching when heaven invades earth. Mm -hmm. He he, I believe he mentioned him on, okay. on some level. Can you just tell me whatever your thoughts are on him if you have any? I know so little about Smith Wigglesworth. Okay. Um, what what they look for is just people who pray for the sick a lot and people who share Jesus a lot. Mm -hmm. Um. And how did they do that? And what your the ideal goal is you critically think through all of the different models. It, uh, you would do this in a seminary. Like there's classes on Pentecostalism at Biola. And you read through it and you go, this worked. This was dumb. Mm -hmm. Let, let's keep the healthy, throw out the bad. Right. What would be an, what would be an example of someone who... Maybe one or two of people who went to the wayside, and, and mm -hmm. what, what are like lessons that you may have like learned from them personally, like in your research mm -hmm. of what you can remember? Yeah, um, I think some people that went to the wayside uh, uh, is people that ended up in affairs. Uh, people, gosh, my 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 names are starting to get mixed up, and I don't want to attribute. I think Evan Roberts ended up in the occult. It, Okay. Some point. Um, yeah. What I do remember is that's an open option for charismatics. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense of you necessarily can go down that path. Is you need to be aware that people end up there, right? And how they get there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because a lot of times what I've seen, and just because we had a gentleman on, really who came, who's a fifth generation, came out of Christian science with yeah. Mary Baker Eddy. Yeah. And they have a very, very skewed view of healing. That's right. very, very dangerous. And he was very, very upfront. And like, just in transparency, like it's sometimes I have to emotionally almost disconnect while I'm doing a podcast because like I'm a very much aware of my heart, my shoulder sort of person and stuff. So like if I see someone else in pain, it's yeah. like I'll hold back, it's time to hold back the onions, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just remember him really emotionally, really describing his experience of seeing so many people around him die because of the fact up until he came to Christ, it was no med, they were fully convinced, no medical attention whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I think there might, they may have made changes now, there's, there's minuscule examples, mm -hmm. but, and just seeing how that distorted theology like really hurt people. There is a level where a lot of sometimes what Mary Baker is teaching a lot of the new thought has on some level from from what I've understood to have influence on the word of faith movement where mm -hmm. it gets. And that's where you kind of see that subtle influence. And that's mm -hmm. where 
things get distorted about mm-hmm. when you kind of get into the like the law of attra- like the law of attraction yeah, yeah, bringing yeah. the world into your life or or then kind yeah. of really thinking you can like speak things into existence mm-hmm. as far as that yeah so that's i think that's something too that people need to aware of as well too but there is a lineage where mary i think mary baker eddy and a lot of science even though a lot of people may not have science and health the key to the scriptures like yeah. in their library there are and i don't have the references in front of me it's been mm-hmm. about two months since i did that podcast because like, yeah. what i do is like i binge on everything with my right. schedule and then i'm on to the next thing right and then it's like that so it's but i think a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the movement a lot of those movements ha- there is a lot of undue influence mm-hmm. from mary baker at his teachings that have a lineage there's a lot even that we talked about yeah. for example like joel's team there's a lot of things that okay. he'll say that on on a, on a minuscule level, Al, Al Mohler actually talked about this in one of his briefing podcasts about okay. some of those influences and stuff like that. So it's just something that people need to be aware of that you need to have as much as people want to experience the supernatural, you want to have a discerning, you want to have mm-hmm. a discerning mindset and yeah. say as much as this seems to be in conformity to what I think is a movement of God. Is, at the end of the day, is this in accordance with Scripture? Because right. I, mean, I think the when it talks about not being conformed to this world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's something that is an across-the-board statement to everyone, yeah. wherever they stand, stand on the non-essentials. And, and, and I want to throw a, another point, because you made a great point, is that charismatics, Pentecostals, get word of faith, um, if you're not in those traditions, all get lumped together in people's minds. And so, and, uh, you know, let's say the awful. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is sometimes people might say a buzzword that someone used in a different, uh, like, let's say in the occult, and then all of a sudden that person is teaching that right and that's poor scholarship um one of the things i encourage everyone to do that is if you want to critique a movement you need to discern what that movement is saying by doing good scholarship you need Mm -hmm. to listen to all of their sermons you need to read their canon not not in the bible sense but in like their major books right and have a this is good this is bad category because what happens in internet world is we can make a YouTube video and and I I do film so I I can do this excellently right. is make you look crazy I I can do something to make Jeff look crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll just yeah. just to kind of lighten yeah. the, the just a just a little humor here. Um, in the initial for those of you who've watched Defecting from Bethel with, with my green when I, I've got the green shirt on yeah and all the YouTube comments I mean I, I had someone I told you yesterday where I said a lot of and the guy somehow maybe I was however I was parsing yeah. my words this guy time stamped it and made it sound like I was saying Allah so somehow mm-hmm. I was giving subliminal messages that Allah was God and I was really an undercover Muslim. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree for sure. There's a lot yeah. of times where people can splice that. Um, yeah, so you're talking about like critiquing of the movement having on yeah. critique. So tell me tell me about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if I were doing scholarship on Bethel, uh, first of all, 
I would go to the BFSMP page where it talks about their academic uh, understanding and read all the books because those are going to be the ones that best represent Bethel. Heaven Invades Earth, Chris's Manual on the Prophetic, uh, Chris Overstreet's uh, stuff on how to evangelize, uh, Grasping God's Word, which is uh, a hermeneutics book that teaches you how to read scripture. Um, because you want to understand that, um, I would say, if you want to understand Bethel, uh, listen to the last 50-something podcast that they do and get good samples mm -hmm. because you want to represent people accurately. Um, one of the most crazy things I hear is that we're a part of the New Apostolic Reformation. Um, and well, I'll just, just so you know, too, I, yeah. I when I first, I was getting messages. Yeah. And I'm kind of familiar with the, the, big, the big leaguers when uh -huh. it comes to big league cults, right. like Mormonism, right. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, right. Scientology. And I'm a, I, I, know, I have a lot of interest in kind of getting into a lot of the weird French stuff, right. like the, the Manson murders. I mean, if you look yeah. at the logo, we've got David Koresh. Yes. Char we got David Koresh, Charles Manson. Right. Um, Charles Manson. Who else? I should know this. Warren Jeffs and Jim Jones. Right. So, and that's because of me. Every couple of months, you have Time Life magazine. Yeah. That has, um, that will have like the big four and they always kind of emphasize those and they kind of resell mm -hmm. it and rebrand it. Right. So when people were sending me stuff about NAR, I uh -huh. never even like, what, what, what even is that? Well, 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 that was started by Peter Wagner. Um, and he's a church growth expert from out of Fuller, but his understanding of the relationship of apostles to the church is, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I think this is the case that uh, a elders report to the apostles okay. like they um their job is to like do what the apostle says in our movement we're an elder-led movement and we don't mention this enough and we should that is bill johnson is on an elder board and uh you, you know dan chris and then there's local elders that aren't on staff and like, if stuff comes up, they confront each other. Okay. Like Bill is not sitting in his golden throne dictating out everything. Like there's a method to exit elders who fell morally, who go toward heresy. Um, uh, it, it, it's in our bylaws. And like, there's a lot of behind the scenes conversations about things said in pulpits and like checking for where people are at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say then that the qual that within the elder board that the qual that they are holding up the standards of of, for, of of qualifications for elders and overseers? I do not know the everyone personally. The ones that I have interacted with, uh, Dr. Van Maul, uh, Dan, I, I I think are mm -hmm. highly integrous people. Um, and that's one of the things for discernment is like people can tell you miracle stories, but you need to get to know their character. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think we do this backwards sometimes. We hear the story and we're like, oh, that's a good person. And you just have to watch people make decisions over time. Um, and to 
yeah, see integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when it comes to when it comes to critiques, and I, was there anything else about the because people will say like NAR and they'll like throw that word around. Right. Is there anything else you wanted to like say such man? It, it stands for New Apostolic Reformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we believe in modern apostles. Okay. Uh, but we 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 don't like put like if Bill let's pretend got dementia and said from the pulpit let let's all do cocaine and Jesus was fully God fully woman like he can't like take the church that direction like mm-hmm. like there is a stopping point which right. is our statement of beliefs and there is the elders would go hey um, let's call in some outside parties. Let's talk to this guy. And uh, they, there would be an exit uh, if it went that direction. And so that's a, that makes me feel safe, Okay. if that makes sense. Okay. And, and it makes it like, it keeps the Jim Jones type situations that people are concerned about uh, out, out of, from happening, if that makes sense. And I, I think that's what, how Jesus teaches to lead the church. It, in uh, First Timothy, mm-hmm. what um? So just jumping real quickly back to critiques. Sure. What would be examples of what you'd say would be like a good like good critiques that you've seen? Because you've seen them, and it's yeah. like the internet lands all over the place. Sure, sure, and, sure. Uh, and I'm just sitting here having a conversation with you, and I I just want to hear it, you know, from mm-hmm. like, not calling you a horse, but out of categorically yes. speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like what would be and from your perspective, what would be a good critique that mm-hmm. you think would be good? And what's one that you think is like one that was unfair or like an, or biased or, or mm-hmm. that you'd want to call it? Um, I think it is fair to call us out on uh, not teaching the Bible always with accuracy. Okay. Could um, you give an example of that? Uh, Do you remember? Off the top of your head? Well, what happens is um, sometimes people eisegete uh, text um, and like people call that prophetic preaching or whatever. Um, I think that this is one of our weaknesses. Um, and we, if you look at our pulpit rotation, uh, I don't see fivefold teachers teaching doctrine okay. or hermeneutics from the pulpit. And so it doesn't spread across the movement. Like we do it in our school. Dan does an excellent job. Um, but like if, if we really believe like the Bible transforms us, which we say, um, I think over time, if we don't, start doing what Dan teaches in the school, we can drift. Mm -hmm. And so I I, I think that is a fair critique. Um, I I think there's books that we write that have, and we can get into this in a later podcast, uh, things that don't represent, uh, yeah, uh, uh, they don't articulate, let's say, certain ideas correctly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, those are fair critiques. And like, 
we are revivalists and we clean up our messes and we we're you know we say you can make as big a mess as you want we got to clean it up right. and uh yeah yeah and so what i want to ask you too the the culture of honor that's mm -hmm. a, that's a yeah. big, that's a big thing when it when it comes to I mean, because you mentioned about people are able to, you know, ask the questions and such, sure, sure, sure. To all that stuff. When it comes to within the culture of Bethel, because there are aspects where you're a teacher. Sure. But what strikes me, and I, I talked to you about this, is that in looking at all of the inbox of messages I was getting, sure. uh, people that were full, that were excited about the podcast that we initially did, and even our most recent one with with uh, mm -hmm. Doreen and Melissa. Is that it was mo I know, it was it was mostly most of the feedback was actually really positive. There wasn't as much uh, fireworks or whatever you want to call yeah. it versus the one with Lindsay. But I noticed that what stuck out to you is that you were very much dealing with the stuff from a very the intellect and really oh, yeah. through in the yeah. critique. And it's like this is this feels like an anomaly when it sure. comes to it. There because if you might could you expand kind of what you were talking about yeah, you yeah. so you as a teacher that maybe the struggle and, and disconnect between the emphasis of of doctrine and testing things by scripture well, 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 well no, see I'm, I'm trying to yeah 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recap accurately cool. what you said yesterday all right so what happens is we would say I have a particular lens so God shapes, let's say, evangelist with an evangelistic lens mm -hmm. to like, all I care about is seeing the lost saved. And like, that's their hardwiring. As a teacher, uh, that's my lens is, is doctrinally. And so I talk that way. All my teacher friends talk this way. Okay. Uh, you just don't see it uh, at the like, enough um i i do think people uh most of the time ex exegete scripture correctly uh but we we're not talking philosophy from our pulpit we're not talking like meta level stuff at times mm -hmm. and so that um i i think can harm the other fourfold because we are the immune system to mm -hmm. the body like if if something gets wacky that voice has to be there and say the hard things. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, I love philosophy. I, I love cult apologetics. Right. Um, and so that, that is a tension. Uh, you're, you're not going to see that. Um, and, and maybe that's an adjustment we need mm -hmm. to make. Yeah, and when it comes to doctrine, what I've seen, and again, I, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm looking into this from an outside right. pr perspective. When it comes to what I've seen, like the area of concern, it's because it, it's a weird yeah. nuanced position. Because initially, I said like, I kind of turned down any avenue of discussion for Bethel because I saw everything is strictly, mm -hmm. you know, in house. Mm -hmm. So then the question is, okay, how does this, how how is this now evolving onto a platform like this is a podcast about cults, right? <laughs> How did, how did we get here? Yeah. You know? So what I what I see is that, at least from my perspective, is that a lot of times there there could be as much as people want to experience uh, 
the healing and the, mm-hmm. and the movement of God in, in signs and wonders is that what's it, how much of there's level where people are so and because again this is messages I've gotten from people other people who are at BSSM in my inbox or mm-hmm. I think I shared with you uh, there's a lady who kind of went to a similar church and oh, then another thing too I'll, I'll bring this on a bigger level is that I think this is discussion's important because one of the things I one of the messages I got will consistently was um, people saying people that were part of a church or a movement had nothing to do with the word Bethel and they say mm-hmm. they were saying that stuff that Lindsay story level felt like they gave a voice mm-hmm. to something they thought because sometimes people get into uh, some sort of movement they feel like I'm the only one who went through this mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm the one who's crazy so in okay. a weird way people were saying that that like they felt like they finally had a voice mm-hmm. in regards to that so I think when you talk because you talked to me about how on many levels there's there needs to be adjustments and even like reformation in the charismatic movement yeah, in this yeah, regard yeah. and I think when I was thinking about those comments, I'm thinking that this might be indicative of, of a bigger problem at large with mm-hmm. the charismatic movement as a whole, mm-hmm. where there's this overemphasis on the signs and wonders and miracles and the supernatural, or even or, or even like speaking healings or experiencing mm-hmm. the natural. But the question is like at, at like at what expense? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. There's an overemphasis on healing. There's an underemphasis on learning to read the Bible accurately. Okay. Um, and so, this pretend you're a seminary student, right? You go in. This is how you're supposed to learn the Bible. You're supposed to go. These are the Greek and Hebrew languages. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's go through all the books of the Bible. Learn what they they teach. Now let's go through church history and then systematic doctrine, which is where we take everything the Bible teaches and systematize it, uh, which is like, here is the attributes of God. Uh, Let's work through this so that you have something mentally as a framework. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you go through practical theology, which is how do we live out the gospel? Okay. In the charismatic movement, what happens many times is that uh, people take their Bibles and they go, I don't want to hear these dead theologians. I want to experience the power of God. The Holy Spirit can speak to me through the word. And it's a type of willful ignorance, if that makes sense. Uh, It it is the rejection. It's the dishonoring of the church past. It's the dishonoring of a teacher. And like that is the danger Um, sometimes in my opinion, uh, is that like you're supposed to give the Bible its proper authority, which is, this is God's word and it teaches us how to engage with the supernatural. And if you don't know it super, super well, like the reason I love to teach on cults is because it's the best way to teach theology to charismatics Mm -hmm. uh, because um, they don't realize what they don't know until you start talking to them about a worldview, let's say Jehovah's Witnesses, um, where they've never thought through their Christology. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's my passion. Like I, I want to see 
I don't want to throw out healing or prophecy. I, I want to see a intellectually awoken charismatic movement. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't see anything in Bethel against that. And I see them like actually going, yes, let's go that direction. But it, it, it's a hard adjustment, I think, yeah. at some level. Would you say that, um, and I, I talked about this in the first episode, uh, the apostolic tradition, um, Acts 17, verse 11, when Paul is in Thessalonica and he deals with the Bereans. Yeah. And it says, and these people who are in, Paul goes and he's he has his apostolic authority and he uses it and, and brings the message, the gospel to them. And the Bereans basically say, and they, they received his, all, his word with all readiness, and I'm just paraphrasing it, but they searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Okay. Um, that's what, and, and they... In Scripture, it emphasizes and it glorifies that. It says that's a good thing that they did. Sure. Is that, like, within the culture of Bethel, when someone is teaching, would you say that's something that is part of the culture? like, like, Or is that something that they need to be improved on? Because my, my area of concern, because, again, I, I need, there's more, I, I think it'd be, in all fairness, there's more, like, I've done my best to this extent to mm -hmm. look at, the materials, not looking mm -hmm. at outside sources, because I don't really have confirmation biases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of more I could I could learn as far as like more sermons I could listen to and such. Yeah. But is there is there an emphasis? My, yeah, my yeah, concern yeah. I would bring up is that is there if Bill is teaching or mm -hmm. Chris is teaching or whatever the rotation is, is there a tendency to just take it because they're up there on stage? Therefore, it's, this is the word of the Lord, or is there just... Because my pastor, when he gets up and preaches, any of them, they have a standard where they say, this is, take everything that I'm saying, and if this is not in conformity to the word of God, like, you should mm -hmm. reject me. Sure. Is that something that is emphasized in, in like, the culture of Bethel Church? Is, is that something that could be improved upon? Uh, it, it's implied, um, and you should do this. Uh, you should run everything through the word. Um, I don't hear that message very frequently, if, if that's what you're asking. Um, as far as like take like emphasizing Acts 17 verses 11, like being well, well, be, be yeah, like yeah. well, there's well, let's back up because yeah. Um, first of all, Paul is a unique case. Like he he was one of the most educated men uh, in in his culture. Yes. Um, but Peter's not. A lot of the disciples are not. Um, part of the way they knew uh, that uh, Jesus was God was they looked at them and said, look, these guys do not have the theological training and they're still uh, ministering Christ. And so I think we should turn up the volume on that, but I, I'm not sure the Berean church is the only model. I, I mean, you look at Ephesus, uh, Paul goes to Ephesus and it's just like signs and wonders town. Mm -hmm. um, and so is that him being missiological? Should we assume he's doing what he's doing in the Berean church at Ephesus? I don't know because when I go to Africa, power is, is what's converting Muslims. Like Heidi right. Baker shows the Jesus film and the, then just says, uh, bring me your blind and your deaf. Mm -hmm. And so, like, 
Um, I think there's certainly a place for it. And a healthy revival does it all, Okay, in my opinion. Um, and we honor those with those gifts and we don't dishonor those. Like, we don't want to make everybody the same and we don't want to demand people to be strong in things God has not gifted them for. Mm-hmm. And so in the charismatic movement, we often overlook stuff because if you go back to the early days, these are people experiencing God's power, but they were persecuted by the intellectual church. Mm -hmm. And so developing a taste for that, it's a very different culture because I grew up reformed. Like we were taught catechism. We, uh, we were taught scripture very, very much in order. Like you, we exegeted, uh, here's the book of Matthew and we're taking two years. Yes. Yep. And so like it, it is just, it's, it's like going to China. Like it, it is a different world and like there's good things in Chinese culture. There's bad things. And so like, that is the tension is like, I, I so much want to encourage people. Discernment is having a good box and a bad box. Mm-hmm. And like you, you take the good and you celebrate that. And if there's bad, you correct it. Right. And even when you mentioned signs and wonders, I mean, the whole yeah. story of Ephesus is a fascinating one. Right. Because you'll see it. You'll see a couple of things. And we can perhaps discuss this when we kind of jump into your thoughts on the new age. And um, we might even have a chance to do. We might have a chance to do like a part two here. Right. Maybe a part two in here. But um, so when it comes to the overall standard of um, like by what standard do we measure like truth? And this is this is across the board on and this is wherever people stand on the spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. and second and secondary issues when it comes to how do we determine something is from God? Um, mm-hmm. You look at the uh, like Deuteronomy 13. This mm-hmm. is something that, that's very, very huge it, when it says that there, and we, we've talked about this a lot when we bring up Joseph mm-hmm. Smith, where it says that if there rises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and even if he does signs and wonders, or even if he predicts the future and he gets, and if he gets stuff right, but he says, hey, let us go after other gods, do not follow him, because the right. Lord your God is, is testing you to see if you love the Lord with all your, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. You also see the emphasis in, in Deuteronomy 18, right. where he gives additional tests too, where it says that there's rise of a prophet, and he gives one prophecy, and he does not get that right. Uh, do like do not follow him. Right. And that's that's a standard too that even Jesus has to be held sure. by. And if so, it, it, when, and when Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew 24, is talking about, for example, not this is why eschatology matters. Not one stone will be left upon another. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, atheists will go and they'll use that to say Jesus bore, bore false prophecy. Mm-hmm. And if they're true, then Jesus needs to be rejected. Like mm-hmm. no one, like no one is above that standard. And so Jesus never saw himself above the law. Oh, yeah. He always appealed to the law as 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 his authority. So when it comes to uh, the signs and wonders and those sort of things, one, there's the signs and wonders are not the end game. It's like, well, ultimately, what, like they would have had a responsibility, even when Paul's in Ephesus, when he's doing these things, mm-hmm. he would not, if people still wanted to 
if he saw, for example, like sort of like like withered hand or the or whatever whatever the Paul whatever the the miraculous was, there was the lady who was following after Paul mm-hmm. and was bear, was right, right, right. was demon possessed, and Paul filled the Holy Spirit brings the demon out of her. And so if someone saw that, if they saw that amazing sign and wonder, mm-hmm. but then they wanted to critique that and say, what what do you believe about what's your what is okay? Well, what do you believe about God? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to apply that test. I thoroughly believe Paul would have absolutely welcomed that because mm-hmm. I mean, he he knew the law and he knew the the importance of that. And mm-hmm. so that's that's really what I think would be good as we as we kind of like unraveling and continue this conversation is that we have to take everything like what you know as far because you look at the supernatural. The Bible is it's we're not I'm not we're not killjoys here. Right. Like I said. The Bible is a supernatural book. It's a theonostos. It's the written word of God that he's mm-hmm. given to us that changes yeah. and transforms hearts. And in fact, I think it's, I can't remember the exact re- reference verse, but it's in Isaiah, where it says in I, Isaiah 66, 2, when it talks about, and I hope I'm quoting this correctly, but it says, the man that I will look to is the one who is humble and contrite and the one who trembles at my word. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very important, like, as we unpack and unravel all of this, is we have to say, is this like what are what am I looking at that perhaps might be my traditions, mm-hmm. or what is it that I need to change and conform to the Word of God? Because one of my elders, James White, says the first person who says they don't have traditions, you've got to, it's more likely the person to have a tradition. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So we've gone about six six minutes. We might have a chance to kind of take a little break and maybe unpack some more thoughts here and we'll, we'll unpack more stuff at the studio. Um, real quickly, is there any last things before we take a quick break and hopefully jump into a little bit more of this? Um, I can answer what, what you asked on the next one or now. Um, how long would you think it would take? Five. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's just, we got, we're at 66 minutes. Let's, uh, let's bring it to a wrap and people will just jump right into this. People like to binge stuff. Right. So, yeah. It'll, it'll be good. We probably need to take a little seventh inning stretch here. So. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this initial conversation with, with Elijah Stevens, uh, wherever you guys are at. And hopefully this will uh, lead to uh, constructive critiques. And we definitely want to hear your feedback on this. So go ahead, like, share, leave, a re- leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to support what's happening at Cultish, you can go to thecultishshow.com. Mm-hmm. And you can go ahead and there's a donate tab where you can support us and help create more content. And I hope you guys enjoyed this first part of Elijah Stevens, who attends Bethel Church in Redding, California. And we will talk to you guys. Uh, we'll continue this conversation in just a little bit in uh, part two of this uh, very intriguing discussion. We'll talk to you guys soon.